A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And we're rolling. The cameras are on. Hello, Muffin. How are you? Very good. Missing you. Can't believe you're on the complete other side of the bloody world. I know. And the time difference feels, I don't know, it feels quite inhibiting. I don't know if that's the right word. Well, we haven't been talking, which is a very rare occurrence for us. This is the worst I've ever had jet lag. And I think it's because we had to go into isolation at home. So like... You know how normally when you're jet lagged, you'll be like, okay, let's get up, let's go out, let's distract ourselves, or we have work, or we have whatever. I've just been laying horizontally on a couch, and I feel like I've been in this fugue state for like seven days, and then during the isolation, we were watching all the Harry Potters, so I've just been like living in this fantasy world (laughs) with no contact with anyone else. (laughs) Wait, you watched them from number one all the way through we did it in a weird order we did three and then two and then five and then six or seven seven so you haven't seen one or four but four is too sad yeah i can't i honestly can't really remember them past number four's when robert pattinson dies oh yeah that one yeah past that one i feel like i watched that one so many times and then i haven't seen any of the newer ones i reckon i could reread the newer books because they were very good this honestly got to give it give a shout out to our <laughs> problematic non-fave really well-crafted story rewatching it so many little details i forgot about also i think we slept on rupert grint a bit he got kind of hot in the last one <laughs> <laughs> yeah well also okay the one biggest flaw she created this whole crazy world and then she put harry with jenny it's like that would never ever happen the actress who plays jenny i think is like potentially one of the worst performances I've ever seen on screen like every they have negative sexual chemistry yeah and there's a bit where they think he's dead and she goes ah (laughs) and I was like oh my god (laughs) like why would they not recast her that's crazy Harry should have ended up with Hermione for sure no no her and Ron are so cute you have to rewatch. yeah I guess because they're best friends it is pretty cute yeah it's so cute and Harry I was thinking about how funny it is that Harry Potter was such a huge part of all our lives and no one had a crush on Daniel Radcliffe on like planet earth I know isn't that kind of funny there's just something about him that's very asexual or like anti-sexual because he's not unattractive but he just has unattractive energy but I think it's the character yeah I remember reading him saying all this stuff about how trying to be a bad boy and saying all this stuff about how he used to roll up to the Harry Potter set drunk and I was like this is not sexy yeah he has bad vibes I don't know what it is he's also five foot five (laughs) is he yeah that's crazy I feel like they could have cast him better. Yeah, I used to think I was so much taller than I am. (laughs) You have tall energy. To this day, I still get confused and think, because my parents are both really, really tall, and then I'm just kind of like average height. (laughs) Your dad's a basketball player. (laughs) I know. What the fuck? But I willed myself into being short. I have big heifer feet. 
that could carry a seven foot four lass, but that's not the case. <laughs> I was going to say, you've got your foot to, like, I have a pretty sizable foot to body ratio as well, but mine's like a little bit more in proportion. But I think people forget that I'm tall. I have a lot of people say, wait, <laughs> you're taller than I thought. <laughs> Anyway, this is the whole pod. This is the podcast, everybody. How tall are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we actually do need to do some housekeeping. So we are going to be taking our first ever proper break from the pod through the New Year period. So our last main After Work Drinks episode is our Christmas special episode, which is next week. Then we're taking a break, so we're going to replay some of our most favorite interview episodes that have happened across the years, which I think a lot of you have actually forgotten or missed because I put a thing up on our Instagram the other day asking for who we should interview and a few of you suggested people we've actually done before. So we'll be popping those up to the front of your feeds again and we'll do new little intros to all of them. So there'll be like a little bit of newness coming into your ears across the break. And then on Patreon, we'll be continuing with fresh episodes each week over this six-week period, but they will be interview episodes with cool people who we've been teeing up over the past couple of months, and we're going to do one, maybe two more of our Hotline Bling episodes where we answer all of your dating and sex and love questions. So if you're after fresh content, that's on Patreon. Otherwise, we'll be back. When are we back back for After Work Drinks? First week of Feb, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh my god. Crazy times. We're giving ourselves a period of sort of self-care, relaxation, unwinding, tuning out, spending time with loved ones. Yeah, which would be very nice. And then yeah, back to it from the first week of Feb next year. So yeah, that will be very fun. And I'm also going to, as everyone who Listen to the Patreon. I can't remember if I said it on the main app knows. I started a close friends for the P Brain tier members. I think a few of the early the other tier have managed to snake their way in. <laughs> but um for the P Brain tier members where I said I would post on there and like try and keep up the content and it really does dip in and out, but I'm gonna probably keep that up very sporadically over the break as well. Are you? Okay, so this is a good segue into our first topic which is Spotify wrapped because you're coming up with the close friends thing for AWD is like the intern that came up with Spotify wrapped (laughs) (laughs) and transformed it into a bankable business. I was pushing and pushing and pushing for this close friends. And then, yeah, Grace was like, no, it's going to be so much trouble. We're going to hate it. And I mean, I did actually post a thing. You probably missed it, but I posted a thing two days ago on Close Friends just saying, I'm sorry, I haven't been on here much. I've been feeling quite anxious. I think it's like the cold weather in London and all of the DMs, like, which I usually love because I've got this relationship now where I DM everyone and they kind of send us really funny things and topic ideas and stuff. So I would open the After Work Drinks account and there was like 70 or 80 just unread DMs and then that was making me feel really anxious. So then I'd log back out, but instead I just put up a post saying... I can't reply to the DMs right now. And then all these cute girlies replied saying that they feel the exact same right now, especially people in London. Yeah. Naomi Osaka vibes. Naomi Osaka vibes. I'm not doing any press conferences, ladies. (laughs) Izzy is looking after her mental health and will not be doing any press for the coming week. Tell me about the girl who created Spotify Wrapped because I'm not completely across this. This is a great... Story. So basically Spotify Wrapped obviously happened and there was like a lot of op-eds about, you know, Spotify Wrapped is data mining turned into glossy millennial Gen Z advertising, yada, yada, yada. And firstly, it's so successful for Spotify. So last year, 60 million of the 390 million Spotify users worldwide engaged with the Spotify wrapped thing. So like shared it or posted it somewhere. Oh my God. Which is incredible. That's crazy. And it was mentioned on Twitter over 1.2 million times. So that's 2020. So I would argue it was higher this year. I would, I would not argue. I would predict it was higher this year. And the popularity of Spotify wrapped led to a 21 bump in 
app downloads in the first week of December 2022 and helped establish the end of the year as the company's best quarter. So it's not just a buzzy thing. It's like really financially successful for Spotify. But it turns out that an artist called Jewel Ham tweeted like a legend that she invented Spotify wrapped in 2019 when she was an unpaid intern for Spotify. She got a stipend, but she was like an unpaid intern. Oh my God. And she uploaded the pitch deck that she pitched. So like it's everything down to the wording, the visuals, the, all of it. Basically up until that point, Spotify sent out an email with your listening habits so you could look at it, but there was no way to share it or interact with it. It was just like an interesting thing for you to do. And she, as an intern, got tasked with transforming Wrapped into something that would appeal to millennials and Gen Zs. I was like, why was an intern given that job? Obviously, someone else was given that job and like asked their intern to do some research. It just reminds me so much of when um, you go for a job and they ask you for these huge massive fuck off assignments that you just know they're going to use like if you don't get the job you just know they're using all of your ideas that's happened to me like three times yeah i had to do one once and it was so detailed down to like the time of the posts that the marketing things were going out and like for this entire activation and the one was like this is so so brilliant (laughs) bye and then like two months later i saw them interviewing and doing some of the things that I'd said. I was like, fuck you. So this is what's the really interesting conversation that comes out of this. So basically she was a 21 year old intern. She was about to enter her last year of college. She gave all that stuff, presented it, got positive feedback, left Spotify. And then it was launched very, very similarly to exactly what she pitched. And she's never been given, you know, credit or Uh, obviously any money or anything for it. Spotify have kind of come back and said, you know, all these things are collaborative processes and, you know, someone can have an idea, but the implementation requires a whole team and that she had been given some cues about what to do with that project and to say it was a single person is wrong, which to a certain extent, yeah, okay, you need people to implement ideas. But like, This is something that if someone was an executive on the top executive level and came up with this concept, they would have got paid a $5 million bonus if it meant that they got 21% of increase in app downloads at the end of the year. So it just shows you how like dependent these corporate, they reward you if you're at the right place in the company. Like it's not the principle of how good you are. It's if the infrastructure backs it up. Yeah, it is so crazy you shouldn't get a job out of that. At the very least. At the very least, I know. And it's uh, there was a good piece in Refinery that interviewed her where she said, the problem is not that Spotify took my idea, it's that I gave it to them. And they kind of said that it's not realistic to expect interns to negotiate the rights of their intellectual property and basically just like the way the system is set up allows for these kind of exploitations because if you have a great idea like Spotify wrapped what are you, as an intern what are you going to do except pitch it to Spotify yeah you don't have lawyers around you you don't have a support system around you you're not going to go take it to someone else to get your foot in the door you need to have like establish yourself as having a powerful position at the company yeah and you're so young you have no idea what what any of that even means or what you're giving them or what they can do with it. Yeah, you think it's your idea, so surely you have some rights to it. Also, this reminds me, so we actually talked last week on the Patreon app about our very embarrassing Spotify wrapped 2021 songs and artists and Emily, our editor, put songs in for each separate one, which I think took like 10 decades off her life. But it sounds so cute. And then I've had so many people texting me saying that they're really obsessed with the Pea Brain song now, which is a stupid song. I can't stop. That should be our new theme song, actually. Yeah, it should be. Oh my God. Let's reach out to LaRue. Or let's just put it in until Sony sue us. Yeah, <laughs> that's a better idea. But our friend Victoria Pearson, shout out to Victoria, a brilliant writer, came up with the concept on her Instagram stories. Concept, Spotify wrapped but for Uber Eats. I acknowledge this could be depressing slash confronting for many, but so is my top listed tracks of 2021. So (laughs) it goes, e.g. your food aura, your food moods are disorganized and high sodium and they're in like different colors. 
Your top food provider was Guzmani Gomez. What's that? Some burrito shop. Guzman. Remember I used to eat those burritos like every day of my life when we met. Oh my God. Bondi Junction. <laughs> yes. You were in the top 5% of their hungover clientele this year. Would be so good. That's such a good idea. I sent it to my friend who works at Deliveroo and was like, you guys need to do this. I'm so Victoria needs to get paid out if they ever do. I would be so interested in getting my Deliveroo wrapped. I wonder what my main delivery was. Forgot to tell you that I ordered buns from home yesterday, delivered to my doorstep. A little cinnamon bun. Oh my God, how was it? It was really delicious, except Amar convinced me to try, which is very off-brand for him because he usually likes things to be very purist, but convinced me to try a hazelnut and kind of like a pain of chocolate but cinnamon bun Ooh. type thing. So it was chocolatey and hazelnut. It was delicious, but I would prefer the OG. My humble opinion, he got a sausage roll and said, like you, it wasn't the best. Very oily. I, we were in Layla's, I think you hadn't got there yet, and this a woman in her 60s literally did a soliloquy about buns from home and I listened very earnestly (laughs) and she was like when it opened perfect delicious the buns were great over time as they've expanded the oil ratio is increasing the sausage rolls not good (laughs) she was just saying this to her friend I kind of agreed with her we should get her on the pod (laughs) yeah what would be your most ordered delivery I'm trying to think there was definitely a period where we ordered a lot of Ben's cookies 10 packs and then five guys a lot and then yes pokey bowls when i'm like trying to balance it out so i don't know who would win in that good versus evil battle probably double bacon cheeseburger yes yeah we had a period where i would get acai bowls all the time <laughs> anyway i once saw monzo tells you how much you spend on each thing and i think i'd literally spent like four thousand dollars on delivery over the course of a year and I was like, Kylie Jenner made headlines for doing that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God, she did. That was like an international news story. And she's a billionaire. Wait, I have a little bit of a side note. This is off topic of the Uber Eats and Deliveroo and Spotify conversation. But and just like that comes out in two days time. So we're going to obviously talk about it on our Christmas special episode. But Chris North came out today and weighed in on Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker's feud. Oh my God, what did he say? He's obviously team SJP. He's fully team SJP, but in a way where he was just like, I don't even know who this person Kim Cattrall's talking about. SJP's nothing like that. But I guess that's the thing when I I fully do not know what to believe here because I feel like when people are those manipulative bullies anyone even literally people in the same room as them can't even tell it's happening because it's so directed at you that's very true and I also just think if there's like a huge personality clash and they just never got on and if SJP is someone who's very kind of reserved which it seems like she is that you know her coldness could have been down to just incompatibility of personality that you know, Kim Cattrall took very personally. But yeah, very excited for that show. Can't wait to discuss it with you. Me too. I saw her still on every outfit on Sex and the City and Brady's like 20. Oh my God, I forgot about Brady. He's like a fully grown man. I was listening to every outfit on Sex and the City and they were projecting the show, which they really should have gotten those girls into write in the writer's room. It's quite wild they didn't. Agree. But they were predicting the show and they were talking about how they think Miranda will definitely be gay, but that it won't be, that she might not be in the first episode and it's and throughout the season. It shows her coming out and going through those stages. Yeah, I can see that. And also Carrie definitely has a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, they showed that, didn't they, in one of the trailers? Oh, yeah. Carrie. Okay, on to a very wild and devastating story. So Alice Siebold, who is the writer of The Lovely Bones, which is that very famous book that then got turned into the movie with Saoirse Ronan. I think it was her breakout role. And she's also the author of a book called Lucky. So both of those two books that she wrote are fiction, but based off a true story, which is that when she was 17 years old, she was sexually assaulted in a really horrific way. I think the guy kind of like dragged her off a path and it was just terrifying. And so she wrote Lucky about 
that happening to her and then it goes through the court case and the conviction of the man who she'd accused of sexually assaulting her and then the lovely bones is another story where a similar thing happens but the girls are abducted basically what happened was is when she was 18 five months after the assault she was walking along the road and thought she saw the man who did it to her so she got the police and the police got that man and he lined up in a lineup and she had to point out who it was it turns out that how many years has it been now? Like forty years. That was yeah. in nineteen eighty-two. A man called Anthony Broadwater was convicted of was convicted and sent to prison for sixteen years, and then it's just come out this week. He was the conviction was overturned. He's already served his sixteen-year sentence, and he's had another a further twenty-three years as a registered sex offender, and the whole thing has been overturned in the most crazy way so basically netflix were turning lucky into a netflix film and the director of the film was reading through all of the material all of the court documents reading through the novel and realized that there were these huge inconsistencies in alice's story and what happened and how anthony broad would have got convicted and the guy ended up going back to netflix or going back to the other producers of the film and bringing it up with them and they kind of brushed it off. So he left the project and hired a private investigator and found out that this guy didn't do the crime. It's so crazy. This is the most insane, insane tale and very American the way these things work, like dropped out of making a Hollywood movie and hired a private investigator. But it's it's truly wild. I also think that there's a kind of new light being shone on this because um in partly because anthony broadwater is a black man uh alice seabold is a white woman and it's kind of brought into question a lot of these issues around the justice system and like restorative justice and stuff like that where he was convicted purely on the basis of her testimony which was wrong she didn't pick him out of the lineup she picked someone else out of the lineup and then picked him again later on So it was like just her words alone had him sent to jail. So I think it's like I can see why a lot of people want to take it out on her personally for pointing out the wrong person, but it seems to just highlight how fucked up the legal system is. Yeah, I read into it a bit more and what happened was she picked number five and Anthony Broadwater was number four and then the police – so Anthony Broadwater number four I'm pretty sure was the man who was walking down the street who she initially thought it was potentially yeah but then she she picked man number five and then the police took her aside and said that man number four Anthony Broadwater had brought man number five with him that they are friends and that Anthony Broadwater had told number five to give her an evil look and all of that was false they didn't even know each other and they'd never met oh my god so then she changed it to number four it's quite wild. There was also another piece of evidence that they ended up dismissing that was just completely false, where they said a hair was found near the scene or something of his. But exactly, she was 18 years old and... Traumatised, yeah. She didn't even say him. So yeah, she's she's not to blame. It's, it's the whole system that's to blame, but it's quite crazy. And he also was never up for any... He could never get his case overturned or even looked at by a judge because he always refused to say he was guilty he never ever changed to a guilty verdict even though that would have gotten him out of prison earlier because he was just like i just did not do this so messed up i think so she's come out and apologized i thought it was interesting did you read that guy who wrote the thing for the guardian the this producer who got overturned yeah and he was saying that he doesn't blame her as an 18 year old for misidentifying her attacker but he wonders if she carries blame for revisiting the case for a book when she was nearly 40 and not like diving into the annals of the whole case and not having any like doubts raised in that process which is an interesting question I don't know how I feel about that yeah because he says I do have questions about the 39 year old Seabold who wrote Lucky before she wrote the book she had reviewed the entire district attorney's file including the photo of the police lineup yeah, and still didn't delve into it. It's it's so 
wild to me that this one man is the only person that cared enough to say, hey, this is completely off. And he also said that obviously the justice system is massively to blame. So there was a stat which uh, shouldn't even, I mean, it's just, it's still shocking, but it shouldn't be at this point. But black men serving time for sexual assault are three and a half times more likely to be innocent than white men convicted of the same crime. So obviously that's huge with the major reason for their false convictions being misidentification by victims who are white. But then he was also saying another part that's to blame is the media industry because the media also, as journalists, people who are speaking to Seabold about the case, people who are reading the book, people who are interviewing her have kind of a duty of care to actually read over everything and someone should have picked this up it's like where's Hedley Thomas when you need him literally you know the world can't be Hedley can't be everywhere at once you guys and people have got to start picking <laughs> up some slack I guess it's just that hard thing it's like when we talked about Bell Gibson where yeah. it's like a lot of the time people just don't think to look that deep like if you're doing you know a piece on this author that's written about her own assault and you know that the guy was tried and found guilty and is serving a 16 year sentence I think it's a little unreasonable to expect a journalist to then go through like the details of that case to make sure he wasn't wrongly convicted do you know what I mean like I understand these details were obvious but he's kind of in a better position than most journalists in the sense that he was spending every minute of his day for seven months going over this material and thinking about it and dissecting it. I think it's, it's kind it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Have you seen the lovely bones? Yeah. Years ago. Saoirse Ronan. I think that was the first thing I ever saw her in. Was it her first film? I'm not sure. Isn't Stanley Tucci the murderer? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Get you a man that can do both. Crazy. That's so true. I can't really remember that film, but... Neither. I don't think I watched it through to the end. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Okay, on to a piece in Vogue US called In Defense of Gossip by Catherine Ostler. I feel like these pieces kind of crop up every year or two all over the place, but it's always a good topic to discuss. So she basically has written this piece about how gossiping is a kind of essential part of how people, especially women, develop bonds with each other and that it's this natural human instinct to want to hear about other people and that getting puritanical about gossip is silly because it's just a part of the way that we all kind of exist and then she kind of talks about the experience of being a journalist and then eventually editor of a magazine and how so much of her work at Tatler specifically was rooted in unearthing the celebrity gossip of influential and powerful people. And then when she became a magazine editor, a rumor started to spread that was published in gossip magazines that she'd thrown a Christian Louboutin shoe across the room in a fit of anger, which wasn't true. Oh my God, that's so funny. I know. I was like, I suspect this was true, Catherine. (laughs) (laughs) But she said that the experience then of what it is to have gossip about you told and like as soon as it's told 
you just lose all control of like whether or not people will just believe it or not believe it and like it doesn't matter what you say or what you do it's just happened and how that gave her like a new kind of perspective on what gossip is but I think I kind of went back through a lot of the old stories about uh, like the Atlantic one the famous one and our friend Annie wrote one for the Sydney Morning Herald about whether or not gossip is quote-unquote bad or good and the statistics kind of show that whilst gossip in the sense of like talking about someone who isn't there it makes up for 50% of our conversations that's so wild (laughs) I know so funny but only 15% of it is judgmental or malicious most of it is just saying something that's happened about someone else in like a neutral way so I don't know I'm I'm kind of interested by this what do you think about gossip (laughs) I don't know because I think when I think about gossip I think about it as speaking negatively about someone or as kind of trying to not trying to turn someone against someone else but in kind of that bitchy way where it's two people bonding over shit talking someone else but when you're talking about it in a way of just speaking about other people and what's going on in their life then I completely get how it takes up so much of our conversation because yeah I guess it is just a bonding thing it's a way of kind of I don't know what else is there to talk about at the moment literally this the Atlantic thing said that it's actually really good for turning people into better people so it says gossip may even make us better people a team of Dutch researchers reported that hearing gossip about others made research subjects more reflective positive gossip inspired self-improvement and negative gossip made people prouder of themselves in another study the worst participants felt upon hearing a piece of negative gossip the more likely they were to say they learned a lesson from it Negative gossip can have a pro-social effect on those who are gossiped about. Researchers at Stanford and UC Berkeley found that once people were ostracized from a group due to reputed selfishness, they reformed their ways in attempt to regain the approval of the people they had alienated. So the idea is if people come together and say to each other, like, have you noticed this person always does this? And then they agree. And then the person's punished for their behavior. It actually encourages people to improve their bad habits. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. I like the thing you pulled out where it was like the real test of gossip and indeed your character is how you might feel if someone was recording your conversation or if, say, horror of horrors, you accidentally wrote your WhatsApp message as a Facebook status update. I think I can kind of say quite quite happily or something that I just don't think I shit talk people in a way where I'd be really upset if my conversation was being recorded which is quite nice like when you actually think about that yeah I agree I think it's like something you uh our friend Annie in her piece for Sydney Morning Herald quoted Dolly Alderton who wrote in the times about the older you get the less interested in gossip you become because in a sense you become Mm. more aware of how like flawed people are and of how (laughs) like everyone's behavior could in some way be framed negatively if you decided to so it just is not interesting to you anymore the thing as well is as you say there's obviously chatting about people in a way of just saying this is what this person's been up to or have you heard this about that person even recently there's been quite a few instances with people I kind of vaguely know over here just like relationships breaking up and odd bits and bobs so people have been talking about that but I feel like there's a difference between speaking about it and even yet analyzing it and learning from it and then just bitching for bitching sake or bitching to like specifically saying mean things about people to either bring them down or to make conversation because you have nothing better to talk about and I feel like that's really lazy and really stupid (laughs) you know I just feel like I wouldn't really do that anymore but I guess when we're also the thing that removes us I think from a lot of gossip is us not being in a nine-to-five work environment where we're in an office gossip was so much more prevalent then yeah exactly a hundred percent and I think working in the industry that we work slash worked in and especially it's an industry that's like fairly small and incestuous I think it like we probably don't appreciate back when we were here how much like (laughs) conversation probably like turned on 
that constant insidious mm. like industry gossip and I think once you're out of it you just realize how fucked and unhealthy it is but when you're in it it's like I don't know I think it's in environments where people feel like there's a scarcity of work or a scarcity of opportunities it can breed a really vicious version of gossip and I think women are I would say I don't think it is a thing that's limited to women, but I think that women are are fairly bad specifically in this category. It's hard because I'm like, you don't want to, you don't want to get pious about gossip. Like I found a lot of these pieces trying to defend gossip, uh, people that do it, trying to reframe it as something that's good or noble or pious or whatever. And it's, it's not nice to do. If you're saying something that you wouldn't say to someone's face, it, it doesn't make you like a quote unquote bad person, but it is a not nice thing to do. But I think people just need to accept that they do things that are not nice and try and fix them as opposed to like trying to reframe the narrative of what they're doing is out of their control or like not a big deal or whatever. Yeah. And there's obviously, I think a difference in, talking about someone in terms of venting like saying like what I'll talk to my boyfriend about is just being like this is so frustrating blah 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 and then they'll kind of like help you untangle it in your own mind and realize that it's not as bad or or figure out what to do about it whereas when you're just talking to someone not even hoping for a resolution or just to try and make the person you're talking about look bad is when you're a naughty, naughty person. A naughty, naughty little person. <laughs> I was going to say little girl, but could be anyone. <laughs> could be anybody. Oh, my God, I've got the macarena stuck in my head because of that stupid... Have you seen that Vogue video? No, what is it? They've done um, one of those video you know how they vogue magazine does videos on instagram or whatever they've done one where they've gotten all these models to redo the macarena video clip i absolutely can't wait to watch that it's really good i can't stop watching it. i was gonna send it to you because i was like this is very up your alley please do i remember when they did the hadids the hadid family doing the dance scene from beetlejuice and i think i literally watched that like 68 times there whoever's doing their videos does a very good job you will watch this a bazillion times this person i somehow ended up on their page and it's i don't know who they are but there's just some creative person who went and pitched it to vogue and had it written on their phone they had a note saved on their what on their notes app on their phone from 2015 that just said macarena oh my god (laughs) and then swiped across and it was like the old macarena video clip and then what they've done with it it's really good and all the girlies are wearing really amazing clothes oh my god so cute don't miss out vogue invites you to join the hashtag vogue macarena challenge (laughs) should we do it oh my god press play oh my god absolutely exceptional oh is that is that bad bunny yeah or am i a hundred wait who the guy in the middle i think that's the macarena guy no he's too young and hot the macarena guys were old when macarena came out oh yeah (laughs) oh (laughs) the macarena guy's 73 years old (laughs) i knew that because i watched the video clip today I have it in my head now too. Maybe that should be our new theme song. That's suitably pea brain. Yeah. I've got that bit where it goes, so don't you worry about my boyfriend. <laughs> when we went to Italy for that engagement party trip, we ended up playing the Macarena most nights and I, I was really feeling myself while I was doing it. It's a sexy song. <laughs> yeah. It's a bop. Okay, I'll just touch the topic of mine. <laughs> yeah. I saw you right, and this is what Grace put in the doc. Should we do Kirsten Dunst as a topic now? I guess we bloody may as well after hours of research into our should-be interview with her. Considering we watched her entire filmography last year. We watched her entire filmography last year because we... I actually haven't... I know that we've said this on the podcast before, but I think we said it drunk. But anyway, we had an interview with her lined up, which didn't go ahead with an hour's notice and didn't get rescheduled and... I still feel like quite upset even talking about her (laughs) when she was on the cover of the cut last week. It like actually makes my heart sink when I see a photo of Kirsten Dunst. I know. Because I love her so much now after obviously reading into her filmography and reading everything about her. 
the great betrayal of 2020. Yeah, you guys are going to love her so much after listening to this. And every time I see her, I just feel a bit sick to my stomach. But she's back in the spotlight where she should be. She's bloody underrated. She's a legend. She's also the nicest human being in the world, even agreeing to come on our unknown podcast in the first place and emailing me personally back and forth about 18 times. She has a new role for a movie called The Power of the Dog alongside her cute hubby, Jesse Plemons, and Benedict Cumberbatch. And that is actually what they were filming when they were in New Zealand when I met her. So that's about to come out. It looks amazing. It's on Netflix, I think. Yeah, it looks amazing. So the cut had her on their cover and she was interviewed by the Rodate designers, who are two of her best friends. And it's... The piece is called Kirsten Dunst Doesn't Need Your Oscars. So it kind of talks about how Lindsay Peoples Wagner does the intro to the interview and talks about how anyone who's kind of followed Kirsten Dunst's career has known her Oscars moment is long overdue, but then talks about how she in the piece is kind of not really concerned with the awards, which is kind of the way most amazing actresses are are leaning. Did, you, did we talk on the pod about... Uh, Kristen Stewart and how they were asked someone asked her about an Oscar whether she's whether she's um, excited about all the Oscars buzz around her and she said she doesn't give a fuck oh she's quite cool isn't she yeah she just said she couldn't give less of a fuck about winning an Oscar the Oscars are genre now I think I know funny and that just means so much less when you see the inner workings of it so Kirsten Dunst has kind of talked before about she went on a podcast a couple of years ago and someone was talking to her about how she's she's never once been nominated and she has done like an insane amount of movies that deserve nominations so Melancholia she should have won best actress but Lars von Trier in the press circuit was saying some like what was it pro Hitler stuff (laughs) And then it, and then she didn't get nominated. The whole film didn't get nominated. And then obviously Marie Antoinette, which flopped when it was released and then went on to become a cult classic. She has this insane run of really, really good movies and just has never been kind of even looked at by the industry. I think she only got her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame like last year or something stupid. Yeah, and even we watched On Becoming a God in Central Florida, which I think has just landed on Netflix in Australia. And she is, like, absolutely fucking brilliant in that that show. And there was, like, no Emmys buzz, no Golden Globes buzz. People, It was, like, a real sleeper hit. Like, people weren't really talking about it when it happened. And I just think she's – we discovered in our watching that she's just, like, incredibly slept on and she makes these really amazing, thoughtful – choices and she works with female directors so often and people just don't seem to understand how brilliant she is and also Fargo season two was it she was incredible yes she's beside Jesse Plemons her husband in that one as well she has I haven't seen Elizabeth Town but apparently she's amazing in that obviously eternal sunshine of the spotless mind yes she was in Drop Dead Gorgeous, The Virgin Suicides, obviously. So good. Little Woman. What's the one? Oh, Interview with a Vampire when she was 11. She like literally outperformed Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt in that. Legend. And then, yeah, what was the other? So she did like The Beguiled. and So she did Bring It On as well, which I think quite a few people in Hollywood typecast her from that movie onwards, even though... She went on to do such insane movies afterwards. Yeah, I think it's like the Bring It On and then Spider-Man thing. People thought she was a bit of a... She was just a victim of her time, I think. Like, now you have an Emma Stone who can do, you know, adventure movies like Spider-Man and then rom-coms and then stupid movies like Superbad and then can also get, like, Oscars buzz. Whereas I feel like at the time that uh, Kirsten Dunst was working, if you did those mass movies you just got pigeonholed for years and years and years. Like people just couldn't see you outside of that in the way that they do now. In the podcast interview, I listened to her 
I listened to, she also said that she refuses to play the game, which now we know more than ever before is so fucking essential in getting you... This is why no one cares about the Oscars anymore. It's because we're so clued up into what goes into getting people nominated. And, for example, the Emily in Paris thing, the Golden Globes thing, how they flew everyone in the Golden Globes to Paris and put them up for the weekend just to get it nominated. And if Kirsten Dunst is refusing to... There was something really jarre in Dumois about how, like, Bradley Cooper hosted all this embarrassing parties and, like, invited all the Oscars people everywhere because he was trying so hard to get nominated for Best Director for A Star Is Born. And... If Kirsten Dunst is refusing to go to these parties, is refusing to play the game, they're not going to reward her just for her acting. Exactly. It's an outrage and a scandal. And I hope that this year with Power of the Dog, she finally gets her dues. But like you say, I'm sure she doesn't give a shit anyway. Yeah, she said she doesn't give a shit and wants to just keep... uh, she, She works director first, so she always picks by director and wants to keep pushing herself as an actor and keep feeling happier and healthier and I love that she yeah her and Jesse Plemons are like the cutest couple ever and I think she's either pregnant with or has just had her second child must have just had they have such soulmates energy because he's such an amazing character actor. This is again speaks to the sexist thing where like people's perceptions of women change based on who they're married to it's like now that she's with this like highly respected kind of yeah character actor guy I feel like the tide is like shifting on her a little bit where people are taking her a little bit more seriously whereas this is what she's been like for her whole career um but I'm I love them as a couple they're fucking cute them in Fargo season two yeah, so they met on Fargo, right? Yeah, That's they're so, so cute, cute in that show. You said to me, like, you you watched it and you didn't even realise that they were together in real life, right? And then you were just like, wow, these guys have such crazy chemistry. They weren't when they filmed, so this show happened and came out and she was engaged to Garrett Hedlund. And then a year after they'd f- finished rapping, they got she'd broken up with him and I was like, oh, I wonder if her and Jesse Plemons got together and then pictures of them kissing came out and I was like, ah, I like screamed at my desk. <laughs> so cute. Because they just had soulmate energy and it's really nice to me to see. Yeah, he was the nicest person ever when I met them both and they were really cute together. They were doing, they were just, mm. yeah, they just were just really cute. They were doing shots with me. God. What could have been our sliding doors moment if I know Kay Dunn came on? I know. The offer's still open. Kirsten. Kirsten, if you're listening, <laughs> the offer is forever more yours. Especially, I was, I, the funny thing about it is when I met her, I was one of these people who had put her in this. I, I just hadn't even thought that much about her. I feel like I'd seen Marie Antoinette years ago before I understood anything about anything anything about good movies obviously loved her and bring it on but I think when I saw her in that bar where I met her I I thought of her as bring it on and I was like so excited to meet her because of that and then you were just like no Izzy oh my god you were like I love her so much and then I went and watched all of her films and read up about her and just her as a human being she's just so cool she's so relaxed she doesn't give a shit about fame she's just very real and even like as I said before, because I, I met her at a pub and then I met her again a few days later and asked her about coming on the pod after we'd been chatting for a while. And even her saying yes to that and like going back and forwards and really trying to make that happen. And like the only reason she was doing that is because she realized that it was two young women who had started their own business. And she told me that she'd only ever been on podcasts by men. So she was like, she was just, she's, and she was obviously so busy filming this bloody movie and was just so kind and generous with her time. Yeah, she literally gave you her personal email. She didn't, like, fob you off to a publicist or, like, there's so many things she could have said yeah. or done if she didn't actually want to do it. No, and I I do – this is – well, I actually – I genuinely think this is what happened, is she – I reckon she got pregnant with her second child. Yeah. And then didn't do this because they announced... Just to get out of coming on AWD. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 like, said that to you, remember? I was like, I think she might be pregnant. And then she came out and said she was pregnant, like, five months later. 
So I think that's what happened. So fair enough, Kirsten. You had your second baby. We forgive you. Yeah. Because she, yeah. We forgive and love you and send you all our blessings for the awards circuit this year. Yeah. I can't wait to see Power of the Dog because it's Jane Campion who I'm obsessed with. Oh, yeah. And she was saying, yeah, she was basically like, I don't care about winning an Oscar. I'm just so stoked I got to work with Jane. So nice. Um, Okay. Okay. Well, we'll see you girlies for our Christmas special. Buckle up. Everyone needs to have a glass of champagne. I'm going to get day drunk, morning drunk. And that's that for the year after that. Yeah. Yeah, one of us is going to get day drunk for the AWD one and the other one's going to get day drunk for the Patreon one. Yeah. Who will you get? (laughs) (laughs) Place your bets. Hopefully not me. I never remember anything we say on these bloody episodes. I'm wondering what the one drunk person will do for the naughty tales that we tell. I know. It'll be like at a wedding. Yeah. Um, okay, bye. Okay, bye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.